Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Do you know, I'm a finance guy. I work in finance. And you know what's been the most annoying thing? I'm, And it's not market related. It's not the 35% that the stock market has nosedived. I mean, I could probably take a gander. <sighs> it's what I affectionately call our three Petri dishes. Our kids. Oh, your, your perma take your child to work day? <laughs> I walked in today hearing screaming during the middle of an appointment. I walked to the back. What do I find? I find your youngest son on one side of the door, your oldest son on another side of the door. He's pulling his arm and his leg through the door. <laughs> and our youngest is trying to shut the door on his own arm and leg while yelling that it hurts as he continues to pull harder. So if you all haven't noticed... Mommy, daddy, school is not going well. And here's what makes it worse. I gave a work tour, a punishment to our oldest, who I thought was doing everything. On purpose? I thought he was doing it on purpose, yes. And then he was mad at me for giving him a work tour for something he actually wasn't doing. <laughs> That's how great this has been going. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So I decided the market has been cut in half, pretty much, so uh, we're only going to have a 15-minute show. I'm just going to speak as twice as fast as I normally speak. No, you're not. No, no. I'm not. And we, they, I no. mean, we thought last week was bad when we all met with you. Well, this week is... <laughs> Our four-year-old's repeating curse words. That's how this week's going. Not really. <laughs> you know, but this was a few things. Number one, we've been telling everyone to prepare for a downturn. Not that we thought it was going to come as fast as this one has come. Uh, we didn't think downturn was going to also equal health crisis. Or quarantine. Right. Pandemic, as they're now calling it. <laughs> but... We have been saying this is coming, and we knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. It was on the horizon, and you prepare for that. Just like you can vegetables or fruits or whatever, you know, at the end of uh, planting season or harvest, right? Right. For next year, just in case. You don't eat everything you got. You put acorns away for winter. Right. You squirrel it away. And last week, we talked about how if the market dipped past that 20% number, mm -hmm. that then it would be officially... All the markets, right? The NASDAQ, the S&P 500, the Dow. The Dow had, when we taped last week, by the time you heard it, the S&P had already tanked. Right. When we taped it, we said, hey, this is Wednesday, 
And right now, the S&P hasn't gone past that 20% threshold. But if it does, and when it does, you have to expect that momentum will keep it going down. Right, like a house of cards. What do you mean? I don't understand why they have that analogy. Like, Because uh, usually when you take one leg out of a house of cards, the entire thing collapses. But the entire stock market's not going to collapse. I know, but it all... The Dow went down, then the S&P went down, then the NASDAQ went down. It's like a ripple effect. With like half of it still standing? Sure, sometimes that happens. I don't get your analogy. Okay, well, the people who are listening who have half a brain get the analogy. <laughs> I'm okay? just, I'm giving you a hard time. Also didn't think they were going to close schools. We joked about that last week and look at where we are. When we taped, they hadn't closed schools? No. There hadn't even been a whiff of it. No. It has felt like a month since our kids went to school. <laughs> yes, it has. You're Although I me, have to say. You're telling me we're on week one? Oh, it was Friday. Not even week one. We're only like halfway through. (laughs) But I do have to say, sidebar, God bless our teachers. The kids came home with work packets. They have school every day. The teachers are calling to make sure they're still alive, probably because they know us. So school's not officially done. So they're still doing it. Let's address number one. Everyone's talking about the run on toilet paper. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you right now. There's an easy way around it. But buy a bidet. You could do that. <laughs> or you could take a hacksaw to a tube of paper towel. I was at Home Depot and the paper towel is right next to the toilet paper. Uh-huh. And we weren't looking for toilet paper. We were already stocked. And when people started talking about it going down, we went on Amazon and I went commercial grade. Ordered like the five foot wide rolls. <laughs> That so, showed up on our doorstep. I'm sure our mailman has to think we're crazy. Oh, he hates us. We have 100 plus pounds of dog food delivered every month. Yeah, our mailman hates us. <clears throat> but so you can. So I'm at Home Depot. You got the toilet. I just figured, you know, what, let's look. I don't think most people think of going to Home Depot for toilet paper. So I thought they'll probably have some. Not that I was even going to buy it, but I was right. curious. You look at the home, the the aisle. Right there is this uh, area. Um, probably eight foot wide by six foot deep four foot tall and then the same thing above the middle shelf mm-hmm. completely empty right just to the left of it though is the paper towel completely stocked i'm like how stupid are people yeah because- but no 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 here's the deal you can't flush paper towel it's way thicker it's gonna clog your system okay first of all it's way thicker so you can wipe more times so you need fewer <laughs> Second of all, if you're on city sewer, oh, it doesn't my matter. My flush it. When in doubt, flush it down. Okay, then, until it backs up into your house and floods your house. I don't think it would with city plumbing. We have septic. Most people do not. And I've heard, because I've been asking some people, you still have the baby wipes. Correct. Flushable baby wipes, tissues. Kleenex. Hey, my mom was at DNW the other day, mm-hmm. and she's in line behind a lady who had 15 tubs of butter you know what i would have done something like, i would have just started sneezing and she off. got mad at the checkout lady who said you're allotted five you can take five <sighs> what are you gonna do with 15 tubs of butter what are you gonna do do you think that was like her arm again being like all right my life stream has been to sit and eat 10 tubs of butter <laughs> this is if gonna i'm gonna be- go out i'm gonna go out fat on butter if i get the corona <laughs> I'm taking in the butter. Like, seriously, my mom was like, I, I, I don't get this. I mean, it's not like she's buying a bunch of sticks of butter for baking or whatever, because that's what people do. It was tubs, full, big size tubs, 15. 
Well, that's not as bad as what I did. You went and I tried w- to buy out the liquor aisle. I went to Sam's Club. <laughs> I bought the last tenderloin. And don't worry, we will talk about some finance, maybe. Um, I bought the last tenderloins. Yep. And when I say last, I bought two. Right. It's not like you bought the entire 15, meat case. Yeah. Yes, I bought, bought the two. last... Um, chickens. Chickens. I bought four. Uh, maybe some of the last T-bones, I bought four. And I don't mean four packages. I mean four. Literally four. We'll get a maybe two meals out of that. And so a few other things. And then I bought a big bottle of Jack Daniels because I know you like it. <laughs> Basically, you were thinking if I'm going to be stuck in this house with this woman, I got to have something. <laughs> I, I, I would never admit to that. Right. But, I mean, you would because you know <laughs> if we're stuck in a house together for multiple weeks, we're in trouble. So I get it all packed up in the car. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I put that I put the that bag in the, the like the middle seat right next to a door. Right. Because I had the back of the whatever reason. I know the reason. The back was completely filled with meat and stuff. All this, you know, stuff. It's Friday. I went to my orthopedic appointment because it was my one year. It's been one year since I severed my shoulder. Right. And to do that, which oddly enough, my doctor had called a week, like two days before, tried to cancel, but I so... Didn't get the message because you don't listen to your voicemails. Right. So I got the message on my way back from his appointment. <laughs> like, uh, Dr. So-and-so won't be in the office. I'm like, that's funny. I was just there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just saw him. I'm sure, they, I'm sure you walked in and they were like, really? We should have known this guy doesn't do... Non-essential <laughs> appointments. So, anyway. So, I go to I go to Sam's. I get all this stuff. I got the bottle, right? And I told you, I, I'm coming back through town. I might as well get the kids. You're like, but school's not canceled. I go, what, what difference does it make? Right. It's, at this point, what difference does a day make? And our teacher spent the day making homework yeah, packets for two it's weeks. It's canceled so. for the next <laughs> month. I think... Pick, if they think it's that big a deal to cancel for a month, picking them up a little... A half day early, probably not a big deal. Right. Kids go to get in the car. I open the door and now our kids go to Catholic school and I had a giant bottle. I don't mean the normal bottle. I mean the big bottle. The I'm going to throw a party size bottle went all over the parking lot and broke into a million pieces. And then I'm like, I can't leave the bottle here. (laughs) A, it's a school, but B, it's a Catholic school. (laughs) Uh huh. And to make this all worse. Your oldest probably had something chippy to say, didn't he? No. Nope, Uh, nope, 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 nope. Oh, no, I know what it is. I got two batteries in this car. Uh Uh-huh. And because I had a door open for this like 20 minutes while I'm cleaning it, and the battery was on its way out, and it was cold. You killed the car. I went to start it, and it goes, boom. I'm like, no, no, no. All right, pump pump the gas. I don't think you told me that the car died. You only told me about the bottle breaking and then you cut your finger on it. Yeah. And then I do the key one third time and it's like click, 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 click. Now, I had an ability to jump from one battery. Whatever. But now, 15 minutes later, it took for me to leave. Right. Let's take our first break. When we come when we come back, we're going to actually talk about um, some stocks that I think... Should should you be panicking right now? What do you do? We've been telling you to get out. You didn't get out. Is, has Is it the, the end of the world? Has the sky fallen? What do you do? What's some opportunities right now? Um, and maybe why we'll regret the First and Second Amendment. That when we come back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. 
Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. I would say join us on Twitter, but... Why not? We haven't tweeted out in like a month. Well, we can start tweeting. In the biggest, the biggest pandemic of the world, and we haven't tweeted out in like a month. Yeah. Market's gone down 35%, and we've been... MIA. Radio silent. silent. We'll try and do better, but at Fireproof Show... On Twitter. But to all you new followers, we thank you for joining and not leaving. Actually, we have gotten quite a few new followers, despite our lack of tweeting. We don't tweet that often, but when we tweet, it's good. Right. So there's that. Um, Shout out to our sponsors. I hope you all are still doing well. And I thank everyone who's been calling instead of going to the, you know, our, our ad there that you probably just heard. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't listen to commercial breaks, but it'll be on one of the commercial breaks about how maybe now isn't the time to go to one of these uh, events where some somebody buys you a steak and then sits there and you know for two hours and a room full of sixty people and what what you should buy. Right. So we're as of right now, as recording this show, we're still doing individual meetings. We've got a protocol in our office on wiping down, sanitizing, and uh, but we'll see. We'll we're gonna see where this goes. Right. Because heavens knows by Friday, nobody might be going anywhere. So let's start with something fun. Okay. I think I have figured out a way. Now, if you're a new listener, a new tweeter, whatever you are, I like University of Michigan football. A little bit. I like Jim Harbaugh. I do. I do. Whatever. We were horrible pre-Harbaugh. We're not horrible post-Harbaugh. Speaking of U of M, did no, you hear about Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Boston hates him. I get it. So. <laughs> he was a U of M quarterback. I just wondered. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, that means nothing to you. Never mind. Continue. I figured out a way that U of M football can beat Ohio State. Okay. If this corona thing keeps going through fall, mm-hmm. Michigan says we're willing to play. They are going to forfeit. Boom. We win by default. First of all, I don't think they'd forfeit. And second of all, I don't think Ohio State, if Michigan says they're going to play in this and the NCAA says, no, you're not, it ain't happening. I say they just go for it. Yeah, okay. They just show up, be like, we're ready to go. Yeah, nice try. All right, bad joke. All right, so we talked about the toilet paper shortage. Yes. And there's been a shortage on hand sanitizer. Right. I want to put something in perspective because I was watching, uh, you know what, let me back up because I wrote something last night and you and I have talked about it. You've kind of called it my monologue. I don't want to call it a monologue because right. next thing you know, I'm going to be like Trish Reagan and kicked off the airwaves. Well, and it can't be a monologue because you know I'll probably interrupt you once or twice, so it's fine. Right. So it'll be like a, a duo monologue. Sure, but continue. (laughs) My point is this. Should most people, as a country, would we be better off if most of us were closer to the middle politically? Not on the ends, but somewhere closer to the middle. Probably. And if we should bring people to the middle away from the ends, then wouldn't it be best for all of us 
to watch news from stations we're not used to. Yes. If you're a Fox person, could you stand to watch a little bit of CNN? And if you're a CNN person, could you stand to watch a little bit of Fox? If you watch the opposite views, then wouldn't it be easier to understand the other point of view? Wouldn't the country be better if everyone understood each other's point of view? And my point to this is that do you have to agree with another point of view to understand it? No. Have you ever disagreed with somebody but understood their standpoint? And once you understood, you still disagreed, but maybe you were a little less judgy. Right. This is an opportunity we have not to point fingers. This isn't that Republicans did this well. I don't know. I made the angry voice for that. Did this poorly. Donald Trump didn't blah. Or the CDC did blah. Right. It's here is where we're at today. I heard, a, you know what? And, and here's, I, I've been, you know, our, our oldest asked me last night. I'm watching the uh, results come in. He said, Dad, I know you're a Republican. You can judge me now and change the channel. Why are you watching CNN? Well, and I think it was probably more so, why are you watching the results of this when you don't care? And I, well, A, I, and I'm like, I do care. I don't, and B, it's, how am I going to know what the other side is thinking and feeling? Right. And why they believe what they believe unless I'm introduced to some of it. Right. Well, you, you cannot intelligently make a decision if you are unwilling to listen to the other side's perspective. I told him, I go, do you know the number of people that I talk to have a certain point of view, but they won't listen? They've never, indoctrin- I shouldn't say never, in a long time or recently haven't indoctrinated themselves into that opposite point of view. So they have these viewpoints, but it's nothing to do with recent you know, events. Correct. And there are people that just have their head in the sand and refuse mm-hmm. to listen to the other side. I thought a really I heard something on CNN last night and talking about how you can learn something from anyone everyone. You know what they said? Hmm. It had nothing to do with politics. It was this one cool little saying. And I'm sure you listen and you're like, like <laughs> I've heard that a billion times. I don't remember ever hearing this. They just said, "You know what? We breathe all the same air." Correct. I loved that saying. So, why let's get back to it. So, we got people taking all the toilet paper Right. It's not that we actually have a shortage on toilet paper. People are just buying it faster than the stores can get it back They're on the They're hoarding shelf. it. Yeah. The issue with this thing, right, with the COVID-19, with the corona, and, and this is where people get so on either end because they compare it to the H1N1, they compare it to the bubonic plague. It, it, it's not this benign and it is not the killer of all. Correct. The issue is that 20% of the people who contract it, or at least we think, somewhere between 15 and 20, are going to have some type of of a need for medical assistance. Right. But we don't have the capacity to take on that many people that quickly. Correct. That's the thing. And it's high contagion. Low mortality rate, high contagion rate. Right. So the issue is is hundreds of people can get it very quickly and a large chunk of those people if they have underlying conditions, it's going to be a problem. But here's for. the thing. Almost and we all, don't have yeah. the facilities to take care of the people who have the underlying conditions Almost that this is a problem all for. will be fine. Right. And oh, and very, very few, from a statistical standpoint, will ever perish. Correct. But here's the problem you have. If you don't have enough, like with uh, the butter, where the, the lady got upset over butter because the store said, ma'am, you can only have two tubs of butter. 
technically they told her she could take five. I don't think this matters. <laughs> I heard of stores. Meyer had a sign, only five things of toilet paper. I know somebody who went to check out. They said, sir, you can only have two. He was mad. He's like, I was only doing four. He already thought he was doing something nice. He's like, no, I only get two. People don't like, the moment you tell somebody they can't have something, they want it ten times more. Right. It's it's this irrational fear, whereas if you sit back and think about it, like I said, we're a family of five. I think I buy a case of AngelSoft yeah. once a month. Right. So the, the, the point I'm making, though, is that the moment you tell people they can't have something, they want it oh so more. Right. What happens then the moment we have a run and we don't have enough ventilators and respirators and this isn't this isn't the gov- big government's been a bad people or anything. This isn't Trump failing. This is just the fact. And the whole idea of the quarantine and keeping this scratched a little bit isn't because this is the bubonic plague. And when people say, hey, by the way, the mortality rate's not that bad. That's not them downplaying this or making it benign. It's Correct. Th- this is your fact. That if we had a big spike, they call it a surge right now. Which I hate to tell you, but we are. Then we would have to ration off medical. Right. And how And how would you do that? If you had an 85-year-old who needed a ventilator and, you're, and you think they might recover, but you had a 60-year-old who you're almost certain would recover, do you give it to the 60-year-old? Well, that's the problem that Italy's running into right now. Do you do you pick first come first serve? Right. How do you pick and choose who how do you who pick? lives and dies? Sorry. And the moment you start picking and choosing, the moment people start needing something and can't get it, what happens? Pandemonium. Hysteric. Hysteria. That's what you've seen with toilet paper. That's what you've seen with hand sanitizer. That's the issue. We said that when uh, a 40% loss will wipe away a 70% gain. The mm-hmm. 40% loss wipes away the last 70% of gains. So we said when you don't think there's 70% of gains left, then you scale back the risk even in your growth allocations. Right. But when you get back in, here's my rule. It's what I've used in R401k. It's what I've told clients. I had somebody call me today. They said, hey, is it time to get back in? And one of my staff people go, Mike, you know, do, you, do you need time to think about it? I said, no, let me tell you what I did. Today I went back in. Okay. Two months ago, we went to cash and I should, er, short term bonds. Uh, I left a little bit into uh, S&P 400, socially responsible companies, but that was just a pet project. Okay. Um, As you can see, I don't pay attention to what he does. <laughs> I should have done it. I don't it, know any of this. <laughs> I should have done it sooner because I believed in the math. You know, 18 months ago, we were talking about this. I still struggled, though, going all short term bonds. Okay. I did. It was harder. But we did it. And I'm not trying to say we timed it because I'm almost embarrassed that I waited that long. But here's the deal. My rule was you go back in when it when the market has dropped 30%. And here's why. When I wanted to see what an average loss was, it's hard to find. I, I started Googling things like, how much did the market lose on average during a recession? And people will define... Last week, we did a video where the, the commentator... Sort of saying, well, if you define a bull market as closing down 20%. Then well, we're in there, but yeah, it did teeter for a while. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, well, no, she goes, and close and stay there for a while. Wait a minute. No, it's been, it, it does that. And what's a while, Miss Ambiguous? But that's the rule. So when I so when I started researching this and trying to find it, how much does it go down in a recession? Different people defined when a recession started. And sometimes the peak of the market came before the recession did. 
Right. So they'd already started losing. So here was the way I defined it. Peak to trough. Where did the market top out at? Where did it bottom out? Mm -hmm. Peak, trough. If I go back to the 1960s, right? Here to six, well, not this last one, before this last one, to the 60s. Peak to trough was about 36, 37%. Somewhere in there. If I go back to the 1920s, it was 37, 38, a little bit bigger. Okay. If I use the last three, again, not including this one, it was 45. Mm -hmm. So the number I kept using was 40, but there was a lot that... There, I shouldn't say a lot. There was a few that never made it to 30. Most made it to at least 30. Okay. So that's where I got that rule. That was our theory on, when the you know, if you don't think there's 70% gains left, knowing 40% loss will wipe it away, get out. Pull back. Mm-hmm. When do you get back in? And I've done it personally. Did it today. Wednesday. Did it. Market goes down 30. Once it pierces that, you go back in. Now, I think there's more left to this. I think we could easily have another 15 downturn but that's when you start going back in right and i'm going to leave you with one last thing because we're running short on time for 30 40 years we've told people not to buy individual stocks because buying individual stocks you'll never be as diversified and they're inherently more risky right but i'm a behavior guy one of my specialties is being a behavioral financial advisor Mm -hmm. one of the things in behaviors that we're finding is that when people buy companies that they know like and trust. Andrew Carnegie said it. No like and trust. Yep. They tend to look the other way during periods like right now. Like there's an insurance company that I like. I know I we know the president of the company. Right. I was incredibly impressed a few years ago when they were going through some turmoil and we went to an event. We didn't have name tags. I hate name tags. You go to these things, they want you to wear name tags. I won't wear them. And I'm going to tell you right now, we go to some of these things a couple times of the year. The loathing that comes when you have to pull your name tag out of a bag is it like radiates off of your skin. I hate it. And then I always grab them and go, honey, you forgot your name tag. Uh, Yeah, you're so funny. (laughs) We go to dinner, though, and the president is shaking hands with everybody to walk in Mm -hmm. without missing a beat. No name tags on. He says, how are you, Mike and Vanessa? He knew the names immediately. Anyway, that meant something to me. So there's well, a company. right, because out of hundreds of people that he sees on a daily basis, why would he remember? 400 people yeah. at that event. Yeah, why would he remember us? And so there's a company that I believe in. I understand. I know some of the people running it. It didn't, you know, when the, when their value started dropping, I wasn't going, oh! In fact, I think I've bought it every day this week. Every day this week, I'm like, whoa, hey, look, it's cheap. <laughs> Next day, I'm like, oh, it's cheaper. By Wednesday, I'm like, Yes! And there's somebody in their office going, some idiots buying our stock right now. But from behavioral economists have started studying this and they're finding like, I, again, I've used this analogy before, but your mom would be great to buy Starbucks. She loves Starbucks products. So right. when the value of that stock dips, she's not likely to just sell. That's what we've seen with Amazon and Apple. People buying Apple, as it's had volatility, they stick through it. Right. Because they love Apple. And they trust in the company. So it goes against everything we've been teaching for a while. So there are opportunities out there. I'll leave on one. I hate to give stock tips, and I guess this isn't really one. But as oil prices dive, I think they're going to be suppressed for a little while. Right. And companies like GM and Ford, who their their stock has just been plummeted over the last two weeks. Right. And it's probably going to get worse because they just closed some plants. You know, though, where they make their most money. Trucks and SUVs. Low gas prices, people are more likely to buy... A truck or an SUV. They're less likely to buy the Teslas, the Hondas, the Toyotas, because you buy those things for 
fuel efficiency. Right, and I'm going to tell you right now, I just filled up the excursion, and it was like $50, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's never been this cheap. I know. (laughs) Normally, I sit there for forever, and then it's like, it's short-term minded. I get it. (laughs) But Americans, people, consumers are short-term minded. Low gas prices should increase at some point. SUV, truck sales, those are huge margin products, and that favors domestic automakers. Just my two cents. That's all the time we have for today. But quickly before we end it, guys, this thing's not going away for a while. Be nice. Yeah. We all share the same air. Everybody, it doesn't it doesn't discriminate. And here's the thing. We share the same air. If it's right. infected, you both got it. Right. White, black, purple, brown, pink. Why did everyone say purple? I don't know. It's just something. But your neighbor's going to get it. You're going to get it. Somebody's going to get it. Be nice. You know what? And don't give them the coronavirus. Give them a six-pack of coronavirus. On that note, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.